Welcome to the Heart Lava Podcast on a Friday. Padres back home, two homestands, Cardinals, Giants. Jay Posner, Sports Editing and Tribune. How are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. How was your long, how was your long yet not that long journey? <laughs> that was, once a year, there's one of these trips where the Padres just were on the road for a week and played five games. There was the off-day travel day, you play three, there's an off-day in Baltimore, you play two, there's an off-day, <laughs> now they're home to play their 81st uh, game of the season, that is, because my math is so good, uh, halfway point. Padres are forty and forty. They welcome in the Cardinals, Jay. They do, and the and the Cardinals are forty and thirty nine. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, I would think that the feeling in the two cities a little bit different. To me, forty and forty for the Padres is is a good thing. I would think for most people that that this team that has not been over five hundred at the halfway point since twenty ten. They were also forty and forty, I believe, in twenty thirteen, and then lost their next ten games. So uh, obviously no one hoping for a repeat of that. 40 and 40 seems to be a good thing for the Padres after what we've seen over the last, almost the last decade. 40 and 39 for the Cardinals, people not so happy. Uh, They've missed the play. You know, that's a franchise with tremendous history. What is it, eight World Series titles? I believe that's what it is. You know, they they fill their park constantly. They, They... they have the great the reputation as the great fans, and they're hot, and yet they haven't made the playoffs. Like I said, since 2015, the hockey team, which had never won the Stanley Cup, just won that cup not that long ago. So it, there's some frustration, I think, building there. They were off to a good start, although the Padres did beat them two out of three, uh, way way back in early April. But the the Cardinals did start 20 and 10, so 40 and 39 tells us that they're 20 and 29 since then and that's about where they should be i mean their run differentials plus nine the the padres at minus 27 probably a little fortunate as we've said to be around 500 be interesting to see the cardinals now on the road for the rest of the first half of the season with the, the padres the giants and the mariners three teams that they and their fans probably think hey this is a road trip that we can you know take advantage of some some weaker teams but the padres obviously don't feel like they belong in that category so what are your thoughts, Kevin? That brings up an interesting thing because uh, I found it fascinating. Now, of course, these stats have probably changed uh, in, since the, I wrote them two days ago, but when the Padres were leaving Baltimore, the Padres were 20 and 20 against teams at 500 or better. Right. And 20 and 20 against teams with losing records. And it was kind of a point of contention with them, having come off the sweep in Pittsburgh, that they talked about as a group. Uh, I'm not saying team meeting. I'm saying, you know, they talk about it uh, amongst themselves. Look, we're going to be, you know, we're not that team anymore. Like, it's baseball and all, but like, you got to go out and you got to crush the Orioles. And that's what they did. Um, now, playing the Cardinals, one of the, what, two teams between them and the second wild card spot. And then, so there's obviously four teams ahead of them in terms of the race for the wild card spot, spot is two and a half out. Uh, and, and then they play the Giants, and so we can talk about them playing a bad team again. But yeah, this they said, like, this game against, the, or this series against the Cardinals, I mean, it could end up being one of those that you're looking back on in September. I think they'll be fortunate if they're looking back in September and, uh, you know, they're lamenting uh, one loss. Right, but no, I... Is, yeah, I would They're agree. in that position right now. Right. They're in that position. That, 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 for them to believe that and to be thinking, hey, this is a big series here at the end of June. I'll tell you, that's what I think about the Padres. Hey, here we are, and we're talking about a series that matters at the end of June. 
Right. There's th- actually, it's three teams now that are between uh-huh. them. The Milwaukee and Philadelphia are tied for the wild card, so they're the top two. Uh-huh. And then uh, Colorado, Col- Colorado, St. Louis, and Arizona. But the Padres only a half game behind St. Louis and Arizona, a game and a half, only a game in the loss column, the all-important loss column behind mm-hmm. Colorado. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, and, and at this, by the same token, Washington also 40 and 40, the Pirates 41 losses, the Reds 42 losses. So there's a lot of teams that are thinking, hey, we're right there in terms of the wild card. Now, the difference is the Cardinals are in a division where they're only three games behind the Cubs. The Padres are not going to win their division. There's, you know, the Dodgers have a 13 game lead already. I had to laugh, just a real quick aside. I had to laugh at someone I saw, uh, I must have been on social media, complaining that the Dodgers had kind of thrown the game away on Wednesday, but with Jock Peterson <laughs> playing it at first base and he had made a couple of bad plays and the, the Diamondbacks had scored runs and the Diamondbacks had won. And it was like, Okay, so they threw away a game. I mean, they're you know they're fifty five and twenty fifty six and twenty seven. Sorry about that. They're they're thirteen clear in their division. They're seven clear in the National League. I, I don't think that one game here or there is going to make a big difference for for them. Like you're talking about where the Padres, where one game, you know, if if this turns out to be a season where everything turns out right in the Padres, and we're still talking about relevant series. In September, I think that's a, a a good thing. Where one game maybe does make a difference, but again, it just shows you the difference between franchises and fan bases and where people are. Exactly. Hell, how did we bring that full circle? That's amazing. Well done, Jay. Uh, tell me what you know about uh, these Cardinals. I don't think either one of us uh, were able to ascertain the Sunday starter. But the Padres are throwing, I'll just say real quick, Eric Lauer, uh, very good at home this year. Then Chris Paddock, his second start back from his little rest. And then Joey Lucchese on Sunday. So it's the, I don't want to bring this up again, but it's the same three guys who pitched in Pittsburgh. Uh, (laughs) And you know what? Eric Lauer was, uh, I thought, very good. Uh, uh (laughs) Duh. He left up two runs, and only one was earned in his uh, seven innings. Uh, And then Paddock was, hey, That'll win you games at times. And you know what? Joey Lucchese left with the lead in, in the final game. The What I believe was the wildest game because it was at sea level and not a single home run <laughs> right, was hit. Right. And the Padres gave up two three-run leads uh, when they, you know, just preserving those leads oh, either time would have won the game. Wildest game of the season, and that's saying something with this team. But the, the starting pitching, obviously, uh, not the problem. Not to say that that was not a valid point, Jay. No, I just uh, just <laughs> just bringing that up. So just bringing the, it up. The, car- uh, the Cardinals are throwing Michael Waka tonight, who's had very good success in his career against the Padres, but he's been very erratic this year, a 6 ERA in his last four starts. And the most amazing thing about Waka, Waka's a right-handed pitcher, OPS against 1.025 as against right-handed batters, against lefties, 663. So that seems to play into the Padres' hands with, with their heavy lineup. The, the Cardinals staff as a whole, fourth in the National League in ERA. They do play in a pitcher's park, not quite as extreme as uh, as Petco, but uh, they still have better pitching numbers than the Padres do. Uh, Dakota Hudson has been their best starter. He goes tomorrow, and then we don't know who's pitching on, on Sunday yet. They did lose their closer recently, Jordan Hicks, which is a big, obviously a big loss. Guy throwing 103, 104. Also probably no surprise that he had... Uh, problems with his elbow 
as as well. But that's a, a loss. The Cardinals' biggest issue has been their offense. Uh, they have they are a good defensive team. They're a good base running team. They lead the league in stolen bases. But of course, the old saying you can't steal first base, and they have not been good at getting on base. I think they're eleventh on base percentage, which in the National League, which is one spot ahead of the Padres. So you have the teams this week that are the Padres are eleventh in the National League in scoring runs. The Cardinals are twelfth. Again, both of those are knocked down a little bit by their home parks, but you could say both teams are are a little bit offensively challenged. Uh, the Padres certainly not with home runs. Boy, if, imagine if this offense played every game at Camden Yards, or 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 I guess I got to face the Orioles uh, yeah. <laughs> pitching staff in uh, in every game. But uh, that was quite a power show that they they put on in Baltimore. But anyway, that's about what I know about the the Cardinals. Paul Paul Goldschmidt's been uh, a disappointment. Matt Carpenter's off to a poor start. Uh, Marcelo Zuna's been their best offensive player so far: twenty homers, sixty two RBIs. Well, I, Jay, the All-Star. Can we talk about it real quick? Because we're not going to do another podcast before that. That's true. Uh, we're going to find out on, on on Sunday. Kirby Yates would seem to be a lock, it, right? Yeah, Kirby Yates, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Who's going to say no, this, that, or the other. It's, it's obvious that some of the other home run derby participants come out that they're, you know, they're asking guys, as guys uh, turn them down, maybe we'll get down to Fran Mill Reyes uh, and or Hunter Renfro. Look, for all that Fernando Tatis has done, he missed 34 games, and there's uh, you know some very popular and very good shortstops out there. Uh, I there, don't. There know are, but there's another. But you know. let me say, if and I'm not, I, I didn't do all the numbers with shortstops and all that stuff, and and uh, and, and know who else is uh, is out there. But the All Star Game would be more fun from oh, a fan standpoint God. if Fernando Tatis was oh, in, was included in the game and. You know, it's too bad that he missed all those games because when he has been out there, his numbers certainly certainly justify him as an all-star, and I'm sure we'll see him oh, in all-star games. But I don't think anybody, number one, I'm never going to get worked up about people making or not making the all-star <laughs> game. That's just not, I, I just don't think it makes that much difference. And But the other thing is, I think we're going to see Tatis in all-star games in years to come. I, I wouldn't think that anybody else on this team uh, would make right. it. I mean, you have guys... Hosmer and Machado have decent numbers, although Machados have only become really good in the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, really uh, perking up his season numbers. Renfro and Reyes with a lot of home runs, but again, you're you're probably not going to get any of those guys uh, in the game. It would seem to be Kirby Yates would be the one guy that uh, that we would see going to Washington. We should mention that three minor league prospects were named to the Futures game. Today, that story already up on the website. Mackenzie Gore, uh, Adrian Morahone, and I believe Luis Patino is the third. Yes. Uh, yeah. That made the uh, futures game. So that's a, a, a good sign for this team going forward in terms of, you know, of, of good minor league pitching, which, you know, we know that they've been stockpiling. I, uh, regarding the Tatis, there is no doubt. Look, I'm in the middle of writing a story that's going to uh, post later today, I assume, if I can finish it, because it's, it's going to be really long, Jay, I should just tell you that, uh, <laughs> and it will be in Sunday's paper. Uh, and so I'm reliving uh, some of the moments here I'm watching on video, and I'm going through quotes by normally reserved veterans when they talk about a rookie, and they're gushing about him, and, and the story centers around why, basically, he will, you know, the, the evidence uh, beyond four, however many games he's played, uh, you know, well, 45, uh, suggests that he will be an all-star in the 
future. And let me tell you, absolutely, Jay, this 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 game is is better. Uh, and and I would actually tune in uh, to to wait to see when it was that he played if he were on the uh, on, on the roster. But this, the reality is he hasn't played enough this year. I I don't think to justify it. I, what it is is about what you said, Jay, about not getting too worked up. Look. If if the pod, if Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado were having the kind of years they're having, and the Padres had won the World Series last year, then Manny Machado and, and Eric Hosmer would be in the All Star game. That's how it works. So right. there will be a time where it will what it will mean. What Padres All Stars like three or four of them will mean is that the Padres won. That's what it will mean. Yeah. No. There's no. Uh, there's there's <laughs> no. Great. There's that's no doubt great. about that. And uh, I mean Tatis. I mean just just on the road trip. I mean there was the. You know the play in Pittsburgh where he's you know scoring from on a on a pop fly to second base, and then the the what was it the eighth inning the other day in in Baltimore where where I think you you tweeted that the you know the umpires really want to get out of this eighth inning, and yeah. they keep they kept calling Tatis out on the bases, and it would as I I tweeted it would just be easier if they called him safe whenever oh, whenever you know he does anything because if it's a close play you know. Almost every time, it proves that he's safe. He might have even been safe at home plate. There just wasn't a, on the other on that one other play, but it, there just wasn't a good angle to to show it. And it was but, the second inning. I'm, I'm convinced that he was safe, even with the perfect bounce to the catcher. I'm convinced he was safe. And you know what, Jay? You're right. And I think that's what Fernando Tatis thinks. Uh, right, as I wrote, right. also he was very frustrated. And he, this is a humble kid. Like I mean, he's the like definition of humility, as in. You know, humility isn't like you know not liking yourself or or lying that I'm not very good. Uh-huh. Humility is like knowing you're awesome and you know still being cool about it. And that's <laughs> but he was frustrated with those two outs because he thought they were obvious. And it was you know like dang it, well, <laughs> like you know he's too fast for the umpires. He, um, well, he is, uh, and it's like he he'll just have to learn. He probably thought when he was in the minors. That the you know oh the umps aren't very good here but boy wait till I get to the big leagues these guys will know what they're doing and he gets up here and he finds out they don't know what they're doing either and they and then they can't call anything right and uh, so it it was it, it, that's interesting to know though that how frustrated he was because I mean both play look it looked like he was safe on both of them but they it, it wasn't like it was blatant I mean it, they were both no. really close they were close plays they're tough calls but it's funny to hear that he's so confident and. In himself and 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 know and and just his his athleticism to be as acrobatic as he is with those with those slides and his ability to to twist and turn his body. I mean, my my back hurts every time I I watch him do something like that. To to think that you know how flexible he is and and everything. So it's it's it, as we've said all along, the the game is a lot more fun when Tatis is playing. You you know you don't leave your seat when he's. When he's coming up to bat, you don't leave your seat when he's on the bases. You don't leave your seat when he's playing defense. You know, it's it's fun as a fan to have a player like that. I mean, beyond having someone like Machado, you know, who's proven to be a great player, it's fun having someone to be able to watch day in and day out like Tatis, who just has so much so much fun playing the game. Indeed, honestly, it really is. It's, it's amazing how it's turned because it, it would be more fun this year to watch a better team. Like I enjoyed watching bad baseball right. last year. Yeah, that's just I, I like baseball uh, exponentially better this year with winning, and then throw on what Tatis and Machado are, are, are doing. So, Padres, Cardinals, three games, Petco Park, and then we'll be back here talking on Monday. Three games against the Giants. It'll be the last three home games of the 
first half because the final four games, maybe they can make up four games against the Dodgers. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay? Yeah, well, maybe maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to throw one more stat at you that I read today. The Cardinals 3-10 and 10 after off days this season. So whatever that means, whatever they did when they came out here yesterday, who knows, but it means nothing, but they're 3-10 and 10 after off days. And, of course, I had to go figure out what the Padres were. Uh, they are 6-5 and five, uh, after off days. So, anyway, it'll be, uh, it'll be good to be back at the ballpark tonight here in town in a, six, a quick six-game uh, homestand, and we will talk to everyone again on Monday. See you later.